Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Thundercast. Um, I'm going to host this episode. I'm still here with Christian Esparza, but I'm going to host because um, Christian went to SUU's spring football game. Um, so I'm just going to kind of ask him some questions about it and get his insight. What kind of drills were they running through? I mean, were you able to, like, you know, recognize yeah, like uh, recognize anything, try and get like a, you know, was it more so like they were running a practice or was, was it like, you know, yeah. they were trying to put on a show? It, it was definitely more just like a practice, which uh, to me, it's like, you know, because they advertise like, oh, spring game starts at one. Yeah. But like the practice started at one and they didn't actually start scrimmaging until like two, two fifteen. Right. Um, but yeah, like you show up and they were just running like positional drills for a little bit and then they started running, you know. Uh, blocking drills on one end and then seven on seven on the other end and uh, stuff like that. And then once it, once it actually heated up, they just had the offense against the defense and basically just go at it. And they were they were tackling too. That I didn't realize they'd be tackling. Um, so that was right, cool. going f- going full contact. Yeah, probably yeah. no hit on the quarterback. I'm assuming right. no hit on the quarterback. They were touching his hips. Uh, a few kids got in trouble for that, but yeah, I mean it's cool that they have this scrimmage, especially new coaching staff. So. I think that was the most exciting part was just seeing uh, kind of what the team is going to look like. Were there quite year. a few people there? Yeah, there were more than I was expecting. Um, it was pretty windy, so it was a little chilly. But, yeah, I mean, there was – I've seen less people at an actual game. So. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that's pretty telling, right? I mean, it's exactly what we were talking about um, when Fitz got hired. You know, is he going to work out? Is he going to be this? Is he actually going to be able to turn the team around, turn this program around? Yeah. And my my thing was always, and I guess what we've talked about with the NFL as well, is that my thing is just like, it doesn't really matter because people are just going to be excited, right? Like, yeah, something new is happening, just, and that's exciting. Yeah, there's right? a there, there was a the There was a poll to go and watch that spring game because it's something we hadn't seen before, right? Mm-hmm. If Demo's still here, no disrespect to Debo, but nobody's going to that spring game. Yeah. Nobody cares. Or Demo, we already know what it is. You know what I mean? Now it's something new. It's And and there are a lot of things that are new, right? Yeah. So I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard some things. We had we had Fitz on, and he's a stud. He's very fun to talk to. Um, but he's definitely – he's a big football guy. He's a big rules guy. He's a big standard guy with yeah. all of his players and all of his – and his entire program, right? So I've heard that, you know, like a thing that's pretty common right now it, it, at all stages of football are the shorter football pants, right? Where you just – where you'll either just wear a girdle, which is just the thigh pad and the hip pad and the tail pad on your legs with no knee pad, and then yeah. you'll just pull the pants up over it. And apparently um, fits like you can't have your knee showing. I did not see a single knee on if, Saturday. Yeah, if you have your knee showing, you uh, you're you're running. Um, jersey's always tucked in. Yep. Can't have any stomach showing. Really old fashioned, but I mean, it's kind of a militaristic style in the sense that, like, you know, this program needs a complete overhaul. Like they have been bad the last however many years, and to come in and completely overhaul in the way that needs to be done. You got to strip it down to the basics, and that's what Fitz is doing. I think. That, that that's my thing, right? Is like, you can complain all you want about it, but if you want to see real change from losing sixty-two-zero to Weber State, yeah, if something is actually going to change, you have to do it one hundred percent in the other direction. Yep, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's giving one hundred percent in the opposite direction. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. I mean, um, obviously it works. You look at Fitz's track record, gone to two different schools that had basically like SU, really a history of uh, bad couple seasons. And then Fitz turns them around, starts winning double-digit games. So yeah, it works. I mean, it has worked in the past. We'll see if it works for us. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so – Let's start with let's start with the quarterbacks. Justin Miller is returning. Yeah. Um, how are how are things looking in the quarterback room? Yeah, it, I was impressed. I mean, I am not gonna lie. I was not the biggest fan of Justin Miller last year. He was seemed like a struggle. Some about twenty four hundred yards, uh, nine touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. I was expecting it to be a wide open quarterback uh, battle this off season. Um, they brought in a transfer. I think from Western Kentucky, his name's Grady Robison. Him and Miller have been battling over this spring camp for the number one spot. But Robison actually got hurt last week, I think on Thursday or Friday. So come Saturday, all of a sudden, Justin gets all the number one reps. Yeah, And he looked good, dude, especially with how windy it was. He, he had some darts. And so he finished the day 10 out of 20 for 158 yards and two touchdowns. So... Yardage and touchdowns look really, really good. The completion percentage looks bad, just 50%. But then you look at the fact that uh, Lance Lawson dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. Hutchings dropped, I think, two or three balls. And then some of the receivers, their routes were awful. Like, it wasn't even good plays by the DB. They were bad routes. Like That leads me into my next point. You mean you were talking a little bit earlier. What are the wide receivers looking like? Because, I mean, that's – it's one of the biggest things, right? Especially when you're at a, a smaller university, it's just like you need that big play guy to really mm. keep guys locked in. Especially if you're not going to win 10 games, like to keep people coming back, you need that guy that everybody's going to come and watch. Yeah. Is it is it a wide receiver? I it's, feel like that's typically the easiest position for it to be. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. It's hard because last year the top two receivers, Ethan Bolingbroke and Brandon Shanks, they're both injured during the spring camp, so they didn't play. I really like Shanks. I think he's a big play guy. I think he's a big physical receiver who can win jump balls, but he's also a dude that can, you know, take a screen 50 yards to the house. Right. Had a, had a little bit of a down year last year. Really came on as a sophomore, I believe. Yeah, in the two, spring season. Two years ago. The yeah, the spring, spring season. season. Yep. He had a monster six games. But, yeah, those guys are hurt, so it was kind of – you know, all these unproven guys who had the chance to step up. Like I said, it looked like Hutch was supposed to be the number one receiver. I think he got the most targets, but he dropped multiple passes. Uh, and then he had, I think, two or and three. And to be fair, I mean, you know, throwing in the wind is hard, but catching in hard. the wind is also hard. It's, yeah. you know, it's the ball's coming. You think it's going to be somewhere. It'll drop all of a sudden. You know, it's it's definitely – the elements were still challenging, but at yeah. the same time, you're a D1 wide time, receiver. This is you your chance to, to show up and yeah. show out, and he didn't rise to the occasion. But uh, the other side of that, Jesse Campbell, I've never heard of him before. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, He came in, and he had two – one was like a 40-yard touchdown. The other was another long touchdown. I'm not sure on the yardage, but he kind of seemed like that big play guy. Uh, he looked – extremely fast he burnt he torched the corner on on his 40-yard touchdown he just got behind the entire defense yeah it looked nice but um 
reading some reports. I'm looking at the the Spectrum article. Uh, Fitz, our buddy Sean Ellerton. Yeah, our buddy Sean Ellerton from the Spectrum talked to Fitz after the game, and Fitz didn't sound like he's high on any of these receivers. So, I don't know. He said he said the corpse is going to get a complete overhaul um, over the summer. I do want to mention too. In this same article, it mentions something that Fitz has told me as well. Fitz plans on signing the NCAA Max 25 freshmen to scholarships, as well as bringing on at least 20 more walk-ons. Right. So that's because our yeah our our I mean our team is bare. Yeah, our know. team was. I mean, yeah, they barely had enough players to do this scrimmage on Saturday. Right. It it almost wouldn't be surprising to even see you know half of these guys still not mm. be on the roster next yeah. fall. 45, you know? 45 incoming guys over the summer, and so a lot of the dudes that saw action on Saturday are not going to be on the field come fall. What about defense? Anything good about defense? Um, defense is a little harder scout no, in spring game, I yeah, feel like. definitely, and it's like one thing, it kind of went the way I, ex- I was expecting. The offense come out, and they dominated early. Yeah. Then once the defense got settled in, they picked things up, and I felt like the defense played a lot better towards yeah. the end. Well, and even like even the – I mean, the sh- – one, the structure of a scrimmage is intended to help the offense. Yeah. Like nine times out of ten. And so, you know, the people you invite all the community to come and see the spring game, they're not coming to see the defense hold the right. offense to zero points, right? Exactly. Like, Nobody would want to watch yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of the point. But still, like, I definitely think the offense can get some good reps and anybody that's gonna be, you know, a stud out there is still gonna is still gonna do well. Yeah, the other thing with defense too, I mean, this is an entire new coaching staff yep, new yep. scheme i feel like is a lot Excited easier to pick that. up an offense right off the bat than it is to learn a defense right it, it takes a long time to learn Def- defense. defense takes real game reps to really figure it yeah. out so, offense offense you can right because defense is, is still reactionary right so an offense you can learn it and you just have to go out there and do it yep. a defense you can learn it but if somebody does something different right you have to know yeah. what to then do in that situation you can't you know? learn it and do it right off the bat you have to learn yeah. it and work on it but Yep. I mean, defensively, uh, the player that had the most tackles was safety, Rod Ward. Mm. Uh, I think he finished with six tackles. He had a couple pass breakups. One of them was actually a dropped interception. Uh, everybody was giving a hard time for that. <laughs> but, yeah, he made a nice play on the ball. He jumped the route, uh, went up with the receiver, 50-50 ball, and should have came down with it. Yeah. Um, the only interception of the day actually was on the final play of the game. It was – I think he's a freshman linebacker. His name's Connor Cullimore. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, his uncle was actually my chemistry teacher in high school. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, uh no, he made a nice play at the at the like I said, last play of the scrimmage. Yeah. Um he was just sitting in the the flats, jumped a pass. So that was a good play. Um in that article from the Spectrum, Coach Fitz mentioned he was impressed with some of their nose tackles. They got a couple of freshmen in there. But other than that, I mean the rest of the secondary did not look good. Yeah. And like I said, if we're just saying something because we already know our wide receivers right. didn't look good. Right. And I think we know that our DBs are going to be the weakest position in the fall. Um, if you Which, it, on, I mean, isn't uh, like, I need you guys to understand that that isn't unusual, right? right? Because it is so it's hard to play incredibly corner. hard to play corner. And yeah. if you are somewhat decent at it, you're not coming to SEU. Right. And that's really all there is to it. And like, it, it is so hard to play cornerback, and they are so – it's so rare to find one that is actually, 
even slightly above average. Yeah. And, and and have them play at this level. Yeah, and have them play at this level. Because even slightly above average is still going probably power five, if we're being honest. They're yeah. probably going to go power five and be a second or third string guy, you know, before they'd come here. Yeah. It's it's just so hard to be a DB. So it's not unusual. And I get that it's it's so easy to rip on, on DBs and safeties and, and blown coverages. But, like – right. Yeah, it w- it's def- I'm glad you bring that up, actually, because, like, if you look at the stats from last year, all of the DBs who recorded a stat, like a pass breakup or, you know, a pick, mm-hmm. none of those – none of the people who recorded a stat last fall are coming back. Right, are <laughs> So it's it's like an entirely new group of faces. Um, yep. And, yeah, if it wasn't for the wind, uh, it w- if it wasn't for a couple of bad routes, a couple of bad balls, I think the offense would have had probably – at least two or three more touchdowns through the air. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the point of this game is to learn. So, Running back core. I So I like Isaiah Williams. Um, he had 32 carries last year, fourth on the team, just over 200 yards, and like 115 of those came in one game. Yeah. Um, he's the – most experienced returning running back mm-hmm. like i said fourth on the team in carries last year um on saturday he had i think 11 or 12 carries for like 29 yards but one of them was a really really nice touchdown run where you know he got to the edge he had a nice one cut juke straight up the field you know yeah. he didn't spend any time dancing uh he had a few plays where you know he trucked some dudes he's a big guy he's like six one but again coach fitz said after the scrimmage, he doesn't like any of these running backs. Um, Tosh Wright had a pretty good game. He had some catches that he took for – I think he had two or three catches for, like, 60 yards maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. They, were, they weren't they were – I didn't think they were bad. But I didn't do a yeah, good but, job of – But Coach Fitz in this article wasn't – Yeah, in this article, Coach Fitz kind of mentioned, like, uh, the spring season as a whole rather than just the spring game. Right. I guess over the whole, you know, however many weeks they've been practicing, he has not been impressed at all with any of these three running backs. So especially you look at, you know, what <clears throat> what position is a freshman most likely to come in and make an impact? And I think running back is one of those positions, um, not just on this team, but I guess generally. Yeah. Um, in lots of other college programs, you know, your running back is either a really young guy or somebody who's been on the team for a few years. Um, but yeah, I think based off what Coach Fitz said to Sean, it sounds like our starting running back or running backs next year we didn't see on Saturday. Yeah. Is there anything positive from the article? Uh, so Sean praised Justin Miller as well, and I mean this is from lots of the critique in this article was not from Sean; it was from Fitz. Fitz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> Sean also mentioned, you know, Justin Miller. He's the one that mentioned that Fitz was happy with the the defensive line. Yeah. Especially where Francis Bemi was held out uh, because they, you know, he knows his role. He's he's going to play a big role. He he's probably going to be the best player on the team, yeah. for being he, honest. He doesn't need to prove anything. Uh, Zach Strand is another player who was held out from this game just because, you know, they don't need to come out and prove themselves. They've yeah. established themselves. Yeah. Um, but the defensive line, I think Coach Fitz was pretty impressed with. Let me see. Uh, Which is huge. I mean, that's. I think. 
I'm trying to remember if he talked about that when we had him on the pod, but yeah, I feel like he's, I feel like he mentioned that, you know, that's where it all starts, right? Like we can have, he seems like a trenches guy. Yeah. It's definitely, it's all in the trenches, right? Especially on defense, right? You know, the offense, it's whatever it'll come. Maybe it won't come, but like, if we're going to be a good defensive team, it's going to start with the four or five down linemen. I guess he's talking about nose tackles might be five. Yeah. And I got, yeah. What did they run? Did you notice scheme wise, like five two or something? Um, they they mix things up. Okay. Yeah, they they didn't really. They had some some looks where they were dropping safeties down low, playing in the box. Nice. Um, as far as defensive line, I didn't have the greatest angle, but there were definitely plays where they had, you know, five dudes down on the line. Some yeah. they had four, some they had three. But yeah, I mean, if he t- if he talks that much about a nose tackle, I'm assuming he right. he's having somebody line up on center. Mm. Yeah. So the the nose tackles that were specifically mentioned, figure I'd give them a shout out. Uh, Ryland Suafilo and Wyatt Daw. Uh, Suafilo had a tackle for a loss at a big, I think it was like a second or third down. Um, Joe Tungoma had four tackles. So that, yeah, Fitz yeah, was happy with the guys. defensive line. I also do want to mention, too, our offensive line didn't look bad. Uh, they didn't look great, but the offensive line is another spot where there's going to be a lot of turnover from last mm-hmm. year to this year. Uh, Lyle Santos is the only player coming back who started all 11 games. Everywhere else is pretty much up for grabs. Um, there were a couple plays where, you know, there was some pressure in the backfield, some plays made in the backfield. But I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job, especially for how inexperienced, you know, they are. Right, for a bunch of guys that don't have don't have a lot of game snaps. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I really just think that the overwhelming, like, take away from Saturdays that it just didn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's because like, right. You, you love having a spring game and I guess it never really means a lot, right. but like, but sometimes it does, but this one, right. even more so, whereas yeah. there's barely 40 guys out there. Right. And I'm being genuine. I wouldn't be surprised if, if 20 of those guys aren't at SU we, in the fall, you know, word around campus, there've been about, I think 30 or 40 kids who have already quit either quit or transferred. And I would definitely expect that number to increase over the summer. Um, But yeah, I, like I said, I think, and and this is what we're talking about. You guys, like I'm not going to mix my words here. Like coach Fitz is just a hard ass and he's not going to take any, he's not going to take anything from anybody. And if you don't want to, hold your tongue and not cuss around him. If you don't want to tuck your shirt in, if you don't want to wear the same thing that everybody else is wearing, if you don't want to be on time and be there early, right? All of the things that he said to us on the podcast, we got really stoked about it. It's completely different when you actually have to do it every day and you're on the team. We're not out there, uh, you know, doing all the stuff. Especially when I I made that joke. I was like, hey, do you need any (laughs) 6'6 tight ends? And he was like, you don't want this smoke. I didn't know how serious he was being. I wouldn't have made it. I would have quit already. Uh, yeah, I would have quit. He, he's just <laughs> he's he's truly a different breed of coach, and it's you know we say it all the time, but he's he's literally just weeding out the guys that aren't gonna if they're not gonna buy in, they're not gonna be there. Right, and that's, and that's the all there is to it is buying in. I'm glad I'm glad you say it like that. It's buying into this idea of we as a team need to get one percent better every day yeah that's what he's been preaching that's his plan to come and in we, and turn this program around yeah you got to buy into it you have to live and breathe 
that idea. It's all of the cliche sayings, right? It's yeah. easier said than done, but like it really is easier said than done. You say get 1% better every day. And I understand, I hear what you're saying. Actually putting in the work to get 1% better every day is so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And it's so, you have to be so unselfish because it's, it's, Right. There's there's no jewelry in the locker room. There's no jewelry on the field. There's like it's just all of these little things that are equaling to one percent better every day. And if you're not and all of those it, little things suck so bad. They're yeah. so annoying. And you're holding the team back if you're not buying into it. Yeah, one hundred percent. If not everybody is coming. Especially if you especially if like you're just complaining to the locker room, right? Yeah. Like I think that's what Fitz is dealing with a lot right here, is just like He's got all of these guys that have been here for the last two or three years and that are talking total of four games. Yeah, that are talking behind his back saying, like, oh, I'm not doing this. I can't do that. Like, you're not helping the locker room at all. You either have to buy in or get out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that the people that really want to win, you know, it sounds like Justin Miller's really improving. I this is just speculation. I don't have any information, but like right. sounds like Miller's really improving. Sounds like he's the one that's bought in. Yeah. He's the one that's showing up early, being there on time, tucking his shirt in covering his knees right like he's the guy that's that's really gonna buy into exactly what coach Fitz wants and that you know that's gonna have to happen for some of these leaders but it's so hard it's so like I said unselfish right because it's not you're not going out there and it's and it's I'm I'm even saying this from like my own personal experience because that like I always prided myself on probably being the best looking one out there right like with Mm -hmm. tights with the you know, long sleeve shirt on, like whatever it was, I always looked the best when I was on the field. But it was like, and I, I think there's a way you can go about it if you already have, you know, uh, um, a philosophy established as a program. But like, like we're saying, when you're completely trying to turn around something that is sinking, yeah, it's got to be fully bought in from everybody. Everybody has to be doing the exact same thing. Getting 1% better every day. Otherwise, it's not. we're not going to see the improvement. I do want to bring up a, a quote that Fitz said about Justin Miller, actually, since we're kind of giving him some praise. Fitz just said, I've been pleasantly surprised with how good of a person and how good of a quarterback Justin Miller is. He's extremely steady. He's mature. Uh, and he does a, a nice job of acting like an adult on the football field. Yeah. So I think, you know. <laughs> Sounds like the kind of guy that Fitz wants. Right. If you look at that quote, he's telling you what he wants his players to be. He wants a group of adults. I mean, it's hard. They're all young. No music during practice. Yeah. That's another one. They're all young, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Miller's probably like 24, I think. <laughs> but 27. You know. Like. Joe Burrow. You know, in this quote, he's telling you what he what he wants and what he's expecting from these players. He just wants no BS. You know, he wants a, a group of guys who can come out and be men. It's exactly what we talk about with college football all the time. Like so many of the guys that are there are there to say that they play college football. Right. And I don't think it just happens at SU. I think it happens everywhere. Right. So many people go play just to say, yeah, I'm on the football team. Because you always hear in high school, you know, oh, this percentage of people go on to college. So it's an achievement in itself just to say, oh, I played D1 college football. But, but some, Fitz some just players, ain't going to stand for it. Yeah, some players he's, just let it get to their heads, I guess. He's not going to be okay with people just, like – Being complacent with being here. Yeah. Having made it by making the team. Right. There's a and lot I'm more so excited to, like 
I think it's going to be I think the thing that I'm mostly excited for is to see how it reflects in his recruiting class. That's what I was going to say is it's going to be hard because knowing right off the bat, I think we do need to tamper expectations. The WAC is a tough conference. Yeah. These Texas teams are tough. There's a very real chance we only win one or two games next year. Well, especially when we're bringing in 50 freshmen. But, yeah, that's the thing is half of our team is going to be freshmen. So come, you know, three years down the road. Well, that's what he said. He was like, we're not going to win 10 games. He said, we're not going to win 10 games right off the bat. He said, we're going to go from one win to two or three wins, from two or three wins to maybe four or five. Yeah. But three years down the road, that's when we get. We're going to be flirting with conference championships. Hopefully. That's when we get to judge how good, you know, Fitz is. Right. Yeah. And that, right. Especially because, you know, this. This type of player just isn't what this generation is. And I just mentioned it with myself. I'll throw myself under the bus every day of the week. You yeah. know, like like I was saying, I I wanted to look different from my team because I wanted to look better than them. Yeah. Right? Like that's just that's just how I wanted to be. I wanted to celebrate in the end zone. I wanted to, you know, do whatever, you know, do whatever. Be my own person and and celebrate and and wear white sleeves and everybody else is wearing red. Like, you know, that's what I wanted to do. But Fitz is going to have to go out there and find guys that are willing to put themselves before the team, after the team, put the after team, the te- yeah. yeah, put the team before themselves. Right. I said it there backwards. <laughs> yeah, put the team before themselves, and I think it's going to be hard. And that's why I mentioned to see like what these recruiting cl- classes look like because yeah. that's obviously something that Fitz is looking for, especially like you just mentioned with Miller. Right, he's looking for adults straight out of high school who care about playing football right. and helping this program and and to be fair like we mentioned earlier i mean his record has proven that he's been able to find those people yeah yeah i'd put myself in that group too but i just wasn't good so (laughs) (laughs) i guess i stood i mean i wasn't great that's kind of the point if my play would have made me look different than my team i probably wouldn't have had to do all that other crap but Mm. i wasn't good enough to you know be a standout yeah i just i'm excited i think it, it it does feel a little Weird, I'm not going to lie, reading just how critical these quotes are yeah. right after a spring game. Yeah. And, yeah, part of me doesn't know how to feel about that part because it's – I think that's a point, right? Right. It's We're not getting the same bullcrap demo answer that's like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to work on some things. You right. know, we have some holes here and there. He's not. He's actually being honest. It's, it's completely different than what this what town has before. ever seen. Well, and that's what I – and I know he gets a lot of critique, but Colin Cowherd has said this, and I think it's very true. It's when, you know, you have an organization that brings in a new coach. They tell you what they didn't like about the last coach with who they bring in. And, I mean, you look at so far up to this point, Fitz versus Demo, it just seems like Fitz cares so much about the little things. Yeah. And we didn't have that. And to be fair, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is his first year. I'm sure that we can go back and look, and Demo would be Mm, a lot more energetic, all this stuff. you know, off a conference championship. Right. People are talking about the the same thing with James Harden, right, like the honeymoon phase, and then he'll get back to what he truly is like. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, seems like Fitz is who he is, man, and he doesn't doesn't waver, right? He just seems like he's a hard-nosed football guy, and you either come in, do it my way, or get out. Yeah. Like – which you know, I there are obviously a lot of different philosophies that can that can go intertwined with that. 
And, you know, a lot of people don't love the my way or the highway um, kind of philosophy, right? It's it, hard it, to love it when you're that dude, you know, getting ripped. Yeah, 100%. It's, 100%. It's hard to love it. But that's what I'm talking about. If you if everybody buys in, success has already proved itself for a fifth. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's been there. He's succeeded. Yeah, so – I don't know. I should have looked into what happens next with SCU football. Um, I'm sure. After I don't think game, anything. Yeah, I'm sure they have, you know, a couple months off. Yeah, they, ha- they have a mandatory break by the NCAA that they oh, can't yeah. that they can't get together. I believe it's like May through June or something. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine they come back probably July. Yeah, it's like May through June or something. I, I think July is like voluntary where you can meet. Voluntary but like, not voluntary. Right. And then Especially I think. Or I guess no, it, it, I guess July's probably mandatory because like beginning of August is our first game. I think it's beginning of September, oh. isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, probably probably be back in July. But yeah, you know, keep in touch. I don't know if Christian will be around or in town or anything during the summer. But anytime we got a big recruit or something like that, I may just have Fitz come on and talk to me about mm. it. Juicy. He he might be a regular on here. We'll just. Talk schmack on <laughs> all the bull crap that the football team's going so through. So their first game is September first. Gotcha. Uh, so we're both kind of right. Yeah, against Saint <laughs> <laughs> against Saint Thomas, uh, September first. But yeah, uh, definitely that August is when things are gonna, you know, heat up with this. Yeah, full, fully ramp up. I'm pretty sure it's July though that that everybody needs to be in town that's on the team. Um, no, but being serious, I mean Fitz Fitz was a a stud when he came on the podcast the last time, and I'm sure that he'd be willing to come on again and. And chat with us, so so maybe we'll try and get him on before the end of the year, if not sometime in the summer or 100% before um, before the season starts, um, you know, in July or August. So that'll do it for the Thundercast. Appreciate you guys for listening. I'm Parker Haney with Christian Esparza. Tune in next week for more SU Sports.